Every day you wake up to something new Whether that be a challenge or a new opportunity And let me tell you, that's a great thing Now you gon' have some battles You'll get your wins and you'll have your losses But no matter the outcome, there's always light at the end of the tunnel Alright, let's go Grinding every day cause I gotta get it Waking from my dream cause I'm trying to live it Make my own lane, don't care if I fit in If I want something I do it, no I'm never quitting now Honor my path, reaching my goals no matter how Bring on the wrath, promise ain't nothing gon' knock me down Tell me can you feel the vibe yet? This the encouraged mindset Welcome to another episode of Encourage Mindset, where this podcast is all about cultivating growth and becoming your better self. My name is Ethan Vandehyde, the host of Encourage Mindset, and alongside me today, I have an amazing guest, and I will let her introduce herself and share a little bit about herself. Laurel, the floor is yours. Thank you, Ethan, and thank you for having me today. So my name is Laurel Weirs, and I am a licensed marriage and family therapist. I've been practicing for over 20 years, and about 17 years into my practice, I decided that I was going to focus on trauma. I found that working with people using regular therapy was not very effective. So I really did a deep dive into how to work with trauma. And the last seven years, I've been a therapist who specializes in accelerated resolution therapy, and I train nationally other clinicians now to treat other people who have trauma. Wow, that is awesome. And it's awesome that you found your niche. I think that's important for people nowadays to really get specific. And today, like you said, we're going to be talking about trauma. So Laurel, what are triggers and how do we define triggers and what kind of role do they play in our life? So triggers are something that everybody has. It's become kind of a big buzzword now. I think about 15, 20 years ago, if you said triggers, people wouldn't necessarily know what you meant. But we all know now, right? There's positive triggers. So if you're walking down the street and you smell chocolate chip cookies coming out of somebody's window, you suddenly think, oh my goodness, I'm back to seven years old, right? Walking in my kitchen and my mom made chocolate chip cookies. So those are good triggers. Those are not our problems. The problem are the negative triggers, the ones where you're suddenly doing something and you have this reaction to somebody's emotions or to a sight, a sound, or a smell, and you have a reaction that's disproportionate to what's going on. So let's say you have a cute little poodle and it walks up to you and someone who maybe had a negative interaction with a poodle or a dog before they react to that cute little puppy as if it was a mean snarling dog. So triggers are problematic for people because you start to not trust yourself. You start to wonder when is this going to happen again? And if you can't understand what's going on inside of you, when you have this extreme reaction, you don't trust yourself very much anymore. And then you start to have problems in life, the way that you engage with people. So it's really important for us to know, when am I having these reactions? When are they triggers? And what can I do so I stop letting my brain take over and have me react to something that's actually not really happening in the present? Wow, that is interesting stuff to know. And uh, this is new information to me. So that's very fascinating. And I mean, 
just thinking about putting myself in this situation, I see that I have positive and negative triggers as well. So it's very interesting to find out from you that there is positive and negative ones. And the negative ones, it seems like they really can impact our thoughts, feelings, and behaviors maybe more than the positive ones. I don't know what your take is on that one, but um, what what can we do to maybe like, is there a way we can lessen these triggers that are negative? Is there a way we can improve? Oh, absolutely. This is what I love to do. So when people, so I work in two settings, one, which is clients that come in who are seeing me for therapy and we can be either specifically, we know they're triggered. And so we know what we have to go after, or we have people that in the process of therapy, I start hearing all these things that they keep having these same similar reactions to events and they really don't fit with what's going on. So then I think, all right, we got a trigger. Let's dive and let's get rid of it. When that thing happened, I want you to think about where did you feel that in your body? right? Our body keeps the score, right? That's the title of an awesome book that relates to this. So our body knows what's happening. So when you think about where you feel that emotion or that sensation, you can then say, when else in my life did I feel this way? Typically when people do that, they can track right back to the first time they felt that. So for example, I can have somebody come in and they can say every single time my husband asks me to do blank, I just get so angry. And so I'll say to them, okay, where in your body do you feel that? And typically it's your chest, your stomach, your head. And then I'll say, all right, now what I want you to do is while you're focusing on that emotion, what image comes to mind? What do you think about? And so often they'll say, oh my goodness, I haven't thought about this in years, but my mom She would always come up to me whenever I was in the middle of doing something and she would make me stop what I was doing and I had to go do my chores immediately. That's a very basic example. But what they're realizing is in that moment, they're reacting to their past, not to the present. And that's what a trigger is. A trigger is your brain saying, we're back in time, right? Our brains do this amazing job. They want to protect us sometimes too much. And so we have these filters And everything in our life comes right through this filter. And so when we have a reaction to something, our brain's saying, oh no, I don't like how this feels. And then we react to it. We're not in our rational brain. We're in our amygdala, which keeps our emotions, our sensations, images, smells, sights, all that is tied together. So when we have a trigger, that's what we're reacting out of. We don't even have the split second to think, is this a rational response? So the way that we work with triggers is to say, all right, now that we know consistently every time your husband asks you to do something, you get angry. When you feel that sensation, I'll connect this with my people. And I'll say, every time you feel that sensation, I want you to stop and say, am I reacting to what's happening in this moment? Or is this something old that I'm feeling right now? Just that couple seconds can make you take a deep breath and think, no, this is old stuff this is okay. He's just asking me if I can take out the trash or just asking me to pick up the kids. I don't need to be triggered by this situation. On a very basic level with easy triggers, that's one way that we can respond. With bigger, deeper triggers, there's other things that we can do. That's good to know. That is something I I think a lot of people go through. Obviously, past trauma is, uh, I mean, it comes up whenever. So like 
yeah, there'll be instances in your life that hit and you've really nailed the point on that. But how do we overcome these triggers? How do we put in maybe techniques or practices like that deep breath or other ideas that you have to really overcome these triggers? So there's the simple and then the not so simple. So I'll start with the simple, which is one reflecting, right? Starting to kind of keep a tally of these situations make me feel a certain way. And then you prepare. Okay. So every time I go to a movie theater, let's say I start to have panic. All right. So preparing yourself for that. I'm going to go to this movie theater. There is no present threat going on, even though crowded situations make me nervous. Just knowing that I'm here being in the present. So mindfulness, people who practice mindfulness or meditation, super helpful because it helps you be aware of what is happening in the present, what is happening in the here and the now. So that way, when you walk into that triggering place, you're very mindful of there's no threat now. I'm safe. That's one thing you can do. The other thing is orienting yourself and noticing your breath. So let's say you are triggered and you realize this isn't a reaction to what's happening, but your heart is still racing, right? You can't breathe. So you're going to start to notice, what do I see? What do I hear? What do I smell? Right? You start going to your senses. That brings you very present. And again, remember the trigger is a past thing. So what we want to do is tell our brain, we're not there right now. Let's come back to where we are right now. So orienting yourself is super helpful. They're grounding techniques like that. So you want to prepare, you want to be able to be in control of your body and your breath and be oriented to your time and your space and what's happening. Those are really good ways to manage the symptoms. So everything I just talked about doesn't get rid of the trigger, but it helps you manage the symptom. Now, if you want to get rid of the trigger, that's the big part of the work that I do, which is my clients come in and I do a therapy called Accelerated Resolution Therapy. It's similar to EMDR but it's different in its own ways, which I won't go into that. But basically what we do is we take the thing, the original memory that bothered the person and through eye movements in a very specific protocol that I follow, we can change the way that their brain stores that memory. So before you mess with the memory that started the problem, it hangs out in the front of your brain. It's constantly there and everything in your life is coming through that filter and it's saying, is there any danger? If there's danger, I need to make sure that I'm safe. So while it's hanging out, it's always alerting you. But if we can take that memory and through ART, which is an abbreviated version of accelerated resolution therapy, I can file away that memory in the person's brain as if it's a normal memory like everything else that happens. So it's like a positive memory of a birthday party. It's super cool. What did I have for breakfast this morning? So we take, so what I do, I tell my clients, let's unplug the emotion from the image because your brain actually, if you think about it, it doesn't get upset by the narrative. The thing that happened, if you say a dog bit me, that's not the problem. The problem is the vision, right? What you see and what you feel when you think about it. But they're all tied together and they're hanging out in the front of your brain. So if I can unplug those emotions from the images and the sensations and file those images and sensations back in your brain like a normal memory, then when you leave my session and you walk up to that dog, nothing. It's neutral. 
It's like any other dog. It really resets you to who you were before the traumatic accident ever happened. So I do that all day long in my office. People come in and we go back to when problems started. And this is the process that we follow. So I have people who can't drive, right? Because they've been in a car accident or every time they get in the car, they have a panic attack. We can go through this protocol. They leave my office, they drive home and I get these amazing texts. They're like, oh my gosh, Laurel, I just drove home for the first time in three years without a panic attack, you know, or like I had a woman who was mauled by a dog in her kitchen. And after our session, she went home. Her kitchen was triggering, right? Because Mm -hmm. in that kitchen, what could she see? Her vision was totally, all she saw was the accident. After we took that memory, unplugged it, filed it away. She could walk in her kitchen, nothing. Just a normal kitchen. It reset her to who she was before the episode happened. So that's the second step when I say there's the easy and the not so easy, but Mm -hmm. that's really pulling that memory out by the root. And that's what's super helpful for triggers. So managing the moment is number one. But number two is if we can go back to what started it and pull that out and process it normally, then it's completely extinguished. So question for you, you you touched on a couple of examples. You touched on like a car crash, which is pretty significant and the potential of death is pretty crazy in some of those instances. And you talked about like some just being like a dog biting you or something like that, that creates the triggered. But is there a way to recover from, you know, more super serious ones that we see a lot today, like a school shooting, which is super, super sad that we have to talk about stuff like that or a sexual assault in, instance. Like, is this trauma and th- these triggerings and managing and overcoming these, are those examples too for this? Oh, absolutely. So that's what I do. So in the clinical world, we call it big T, little T, right? So a big T would be a school shooting, right? Someone who's been in war and it's not fair, but then we call little T's something like maybe someone bullied you right? Or you got embarrassed when you were trying to learn to skate. Big T's work just as well as little T's with the method that I do with people. So I will have lots of people come in and they, let's say were sexually abused for 12 years, which is huge. Yeah. Yeah. One session, you can pull 12 years of abuse because when you think about it, your body holds memories of the same emotion in the same place. So even though there were many episodes of abuse, it's held the same way in your body. So we can take the first or the worst memory of that type of abuse. We can process that. And what's so cool, Ethan, is everything falls. All of it will go. Now, sometimes they will have a couple significant episodes through those 12 years and they'll come back. Usually it's one to three sessions, one to four sessions that I work with someone who's had ongoing trauma or they have complex PTSD, which means multiple significant events in their life. But you can take so much and you can pull it out just by taking the one worst memory that represents that whole ball. So like, for example, the school shootings, I will have police officers who have seen horrific, horrific things come in and work with me. And for them, the problem is, right, it's that image. They keep seeing that body or they keep seeing that child. Children, for first responders, those are notoriously the things that stick in their body so strongly. So I do a lot of work with them. And it's really the same thing. We're taking, even though it's a horrific big event, we're filing it back in their brain so it's normal. 
unplugging those emotions and sensations, and then they can function and not be triggered. So the next time they see a purse, like I had one man who he had seen a horrific accident and the little girl had this pink purse. Anytime he saw a pink purse, it went back to that. And so then after he left, he could see that pink purse and I'll do this. We will practice at the end. I will sometimes take a picture or if it's a phobia, show a video of someone doing this thing that bothered them before and nothing neutral. So it's really amazing. It doesn't matter how significant the trauma was. It works because trauma is just really your brain trying to protect you from ever experiencing that again. So one other mental health question, because that's what we're talking about here on this podcast. And when you hear all of these tough stories and tough traumas, what do you do to make sure that you're not carrying this weight throughout your life and um, you're trying to still live with happiness and gratitude and making sure your life is as good as you want it? So what are some things that you personally do to make sure Every day, you're just not like, oh, that was another tough day, another tough story, and you go down in a downward spiral. You know, it's so interesting. I get asked that a lot. People say, I don't think I could ever do your job. Well, <laughs> yeah. I think I could sit and listen to this. But in, in all truth, Ethan, it doesn't hang on. So when I was in graduate school, my supervisor taught me this amazing technique. He said, when you drive home tonight, Laurel, I want you to imagine that all the people you saw today are in the back seat of your car. And as you drive home, you're going to stop along the way and you're going to let them out of the car one by one. And you're going to say goodbye. And you're going to say, I did the best that I could today to care for you. And that's all that's required of me. And that is stuck with me. And here I am 24 years later, mm-hmm. still doing the same job. I'm not burnt out, but that's what I do. I know that I'm doing the best that I can. My job is not to save you. It's just to lead, guide, and direct you. And when I keep that mindset, I can be present with each person, but I don't take it home with me. But if I do have an intensely heavy day, walking is my go-to. I come home, I go for a walk, I listen to some music, I clear my head, and then I can come back and be like, all right, now I can make dinner for my family and be okay. That's awesome. Anything else you want to share today on the podcast at all? If anybody's interested, if you wonder if you have triggers, they can text me and I have a trigger checklist and it might be helpful for them to identify if this is something that's keeping them from being able to perform the way that they need to. But I would just say to start being aware, look around and know that if you are triggered, it's not you, it's not your personality, but there is help and there are things that you can do so you can feel more grounded and centered. Every day until your dreams coming true, yeah. Grinding every day until your dreams coming true, yeah. Grinding every day until your dreams coming true. Wanna make it happen? Well, it all starts with you. Start with flipping the mentality, making visions reality. Screw all the practicality, wasn't meant for normality. Time to unlock the beast, so bring out all of your savagery. All in every day, how it has to be.